Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado. On today's episode, guys, we're doing wide receiver tiers part one, basically going over the top 24 wide receivers in the NFL right now going into redraft season. Uh, Coach Jibs can't be with us tonight. He's got some things going on. So uh, instead of that, I brought in three amazing guests on to talk wide receivers here, and uh, we're going to get right into it. So first one off the board here, Kyle. Kyle, what is going on, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, coach. Glad to be uh, an assistant coach today, a replacement coach. Uh, yeah, let's talk wide receivers. Absolutely, absolutely. And then our next guest here, Robbie. Robbie's a little. Is he there? Yo, what's good? Cheers to me. Cheers to you. You're a little frozen on my screen there, maybe, but I don't care. I love it. <laughs> frozen, so Coach Cool. Coach Cool there, Robbie. Coach Cool. I love it. Welcome, Robbie. I should be. I don't know what's going on. We'll fix it. We'll get it fixed. We'll get it fixed. Technical difficulties. We'll get just roll. Just Just keep going with it. And our main guest of the night here, Andrew Hall. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. I I haven't think I've been on the uh, the podcast with Kyle and Robbie before, but I've never been on with you. So looking forward to talking and you know hearing some of your takes on these wide receivers. For sure, me too. And I have not been on one with Robbie yet, I don't think. Robbie, have we done one together? I know he was on with Kyle. I think Kyle said the same thing no, about Robbie too. Oh, we haven't. Yeah, so it's a good day. Done. It's a good day. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice we, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes, yeah. Thank you. It is, it is nice to be here. Cheers. Yeah. You're bringing everyone cheers. together tonight. Bring the cheers out. Yes, yes. <sighs> so, interesting. you have been before. <laughs> Uh, let everyone know kind of what you do in the industry and where they can find you out on social media. Sure thing. Yeah. So I, I started doing a lot more than I thought, right? It just kind of snowballs after a while, but yeah, I, I write for fantasy pros. I do some fantasy coverage for them here and there. Uh, I started writing again for pro football network coming up this season. A couple of articles have already come out. And then I'm also the co-host of the dynasty junkies podcast with Rocky Petrella and Scott Sidlow. Uh, we go live every Thursday or not kind of depends. Uh, but we try to at least have, we do definitely do a show every week, but we kind of move it around depending on, on schedules and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's been a busy off season and I can only imagine it's going to be busier in season. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I uh, appreciate you coming on for today's show and guys, we're going to the news right now. Again, there's things going on training camp, things hype, everything in between there. Uh, we probably talked for about an hour about everything goes on in the training camp hype world right now, but uh, we got wide receivers to talk about today. So if you guys have been following the show, we kind of do these in somewhat of a tier settings. Yeah. Based, off, based off fantasy pros, um, currently ADP. And that's kind of how we do it. It's not all individual rankings or anything like that. It's just basically where they're being averagely drafted right now. Uh, and I came up with my own somewhat tiers to some extent uh, for them. So we'll start off right here. The top tier, the Titans. Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, uh, in that order based on current ADP. Actually, when I last first did this, Tyree Kill was number one. Now Devontae Adams is number one. So you know with the Aaron Rodgers coming back, uh, Adams is back on top here. Uh, But, guys, uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first on this one. Between the two, which one do you prefer? 
I, I still like Hill. I just think he's got the the best ability to blow up a game. I mean, we we've all I either had him on our team at some point or faced him at some point and just dreaded it when you faced him. You're like, oh, God, man, I got Tyreek Hill. It's gonna be a tough week. I mean, it just you know it. And then when you have him, you're like, bring it on, man. I got Tyreek Hill. Like it's just a confidence booster when he's on your side. So I just think he's the biggest difference maker at the position. I don't mind Adams ahead of him just because there's no one else at Green Bay to catch the ball. So I feel like Adams gets a lot of volume. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of rapport and all that. But I do think, especially if we're looking at dynasty, which I know this isn't entirely dynasty, but uh, the longevity there is a little bit, you know, in question, I guess, with Rodgers maybe getting traded next year. Are they going to finally get, you know, is Amari Rodgers going to come on and be the second receiver? So there's some question marks there. I don't have any of that with Hill. You know what I mean? It's the same. It's the same as it was last year. They lost Sammy Watkins. That's a good thing. So yeah, Hill over Adams for me. Yeah, you know Mahomes there. You can't. It can't go wrong on that. Robbie, over to you, my friend. What about you, Adams or Hill? Uh as long as Rodgers is still there, I mean Adams is definitely a commodity. You can probably pull these two off in super flex if you can go back to back with them. Um, Hill is a little bit harder to stack. So me when I Okay, roster construction, I'm probably going to lean Adams just because it's easier for me to acquire with the stack. Um, both are step off the line and then, you know, just take off the way that, the, the, the way, the way that he does. Um, Hill, he's just more so of a quick burst, like, out, out the gate. Both are unique in what they do, but uh, it's so hard. But I'm going to go Adams just because it's easier to stack with Rodgers. All right, so we got one-on-one one right there. Kyle? What's the difference here? What do we well, got? I'm a, pa- I'm a Packers fan, and yet somehow I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction and say Hill. No way. Wow, um, in, and I agree certainly with Andrew in Dynasty, but even in Redraft, I think Hill is, you know, if, if Adams can get 18 touchdowns again, he probably has as much weekly upside as Hill does. But touchdown numbers like that, I mean, I, I think his, his previous career high was 12. So, I mean, I, you know, I think it's safe to get, you know, he's one of the safest people you could say probably going to get double digit touchdowns, Probably no other receiver has that type of safety where you can say he's probably getting at least 10, but I don't know that he'll, he'll eclipse like 15 even. So I think he'll probably this year will provide more weekly upside, on, you know, each, you know, each game, I guess, kind of like that, that week winning aspect. Cause I think back to, I think it was a 20, it was 2018 for Devonte Adams. I believe he was the wide receiver one that year, or he might've been the wide receiver two. And he, he was like the most consistent receiver imaginable. He had, I think in, in a, in PPR scoring, he, he didn't have a game below 16 points. Incredible, right? Like that's like running back security. So it, in a sense, like you would want that, right? Like, okay, if I'm going to spend a first round pick, I want that safety. But I also remember he didn't eclipse 30 points at all that year. So yes, high floor, but there were a lot of other receivers that had that higher ceiling and helped, you know, had that like week winning upside. I mean, you know, 16 points every week is going to help you win, but you know, sometimes you like, you like those Tyler Lockett 40 point games where I think Hill's more susceptible to. So I think right off the bat, even in the first round at receiver, I'm looking left for safety and more for high upside. So that was a really long explanation for Hill, but there. Hey, I mean, it works. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I, I'm on the, I'm on the Adam side. Honestly, I'm with Robbie on this one. And, and it's for me, it's I like I think Adam's upside is, is can be more in terms of consistency, like you kind of all mentioned already. I mean, what the Packers do, you have Aaron Rodgers back now, you bring Randall Cobb. Yeah, he may not be the biggest factor, but he's going to take coverage away somewhere there. You know, you Rob Batonian going into another year in the league right now. You have Amari Rodgers, you know, the electrifying rookie in the in the NFL now. It's going to somewhat not maybe take complete pressure off of Adams, of course, but it's, it's definitely going to open things up a little bit there. 
And, you know, if this is Rodgers last year in Green Bay, likely he's not playing with Devontae Adams next year. There's probably not a chance that happens unless it's unless they happen to go in the same spot. If that's the case, it's possible. But if it's the last year, let's go out big. Let's go out and just keep on throwing the ball to Devontae Adams this season. Yes, his injury upside is not the best right now. Injury concerns is not the best. But, I mean, Rodgers is going to get him the ball no matter what. Um, he's the number one how, target there. How hard, how hard did both Jordan and Pippen play their freaking hearts out that last year of their last dance? Oh, they played. If you watch the episode of the documentary, this they played hard. Last dance. Yeah. Well, I think they both kind of tweeted out pictures, out right? Big way. And I think that's going to happen this year. But Adams, Adams is a factor. I don't think you can go wrong with either. Can't really, go wrong either neither is wrong. Neither, neither is wrong. Neither I, is wrong. The fact that I mean, they're both in tier one. There's probably no other receiver that's worth taking in the first round. I know, as we'll probably get to tier two. There's one name I'm going to name as in this top tier, but likely that that receiver you probably won't see him go as wide receiver one very much. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it makes sense for this to be the tier based on on draft prices again more than than rankings i believe right for these tiers yes it's more of their average draft position than so actual. the only thing i wanted to mention something you hit on before steven was uh adams i think is a better floor play and hill is a better ceiling play right and that, that's that's a very nitpicky for these two exactly. right like they're they're both terrific neither you're not wrong like we said but i do think if, if you tend to feel a little more confident with just give me the steady points give me the guys that i don't need to worry about i think that's going to be adams right but if you're the kind of guy that's like go big or go home give me all the risk let me just load up and defeat all these guys because my league is full of studs and everybody knows what they're doing and you've got to have a differentiator then i think it's hill but again i don't think either of those are a wrong choice like if you pick adams i'm not going to be upset and be like how dare you it's like no good pick i get it <laughs> exactly and, and that's why they're in this tier yeah. of titans they're, they're the top elite and they're you For should sure. they're set them and forget them and they're going to give you a lot of big weeks a lot of time so the next group here, you could say similar things about everyone in this next group here, and they're the the elites. The Stefan Diggs, who I spelled his name wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, and AJ Brown here in this elite tier. Next, in in order of their average draft position here, uh, Kyle, I'll let you go first on this one. What's that one player that's in that next that's here before that we just talked about? I say it's Stefan Diggs. And I think, you know, massive volume year last year. And I think maybe even more than Tyree Kill. He, he kind of closely resembles Adams in that he's probably going to have a safe floor in terms of production, get, you know, a safe amount of targets every single week. I mean, he had 166 last year. And it like it didn't seem like he was being over targeted. Like Josh Allen was was like hyper focusing on him. He was just he earned those targets. So there's and I mean, it's not as if the Bills really added to the receiving core. I mean, they they basically exchange john brown for emmanuel sanders and maybe okay gabe davis a year a year more in the league steps up but kind of like Devonte adams I, I think Diggs is safe for 150 targets easy and, and probably more so especially the 17 game season the one thing with Diggs, uh he had 1500 yards last year but only eight touchdowns and i know peter howard has tracked the nfl average for for touchdowns over the last i think decade Plus, I think all the way back to 2009, basically it's a, it's a touchdown every 154 yards. And so with those numbers, Diggs probably should have got double digit touchdowns. So if he repeats the volume from last year and the yards efficiency, he's got touchdown room to actually go up. So I think there's a, a strong argument like Diggs is maybe the only receiver I could really argue out of this tier that I truly think has wide receiver one upside on the season. 
I know my co-host Brad on the Full Press Fantasy Pod, he has Diggs ranked number one, so he would go even ahead of Tyree Kill. So um, well, I, I, I do view Diggs as kind of that. If, if, if I see Diggs in the first round, I wouldn't hate it. I think he's maybe that one other guy that can warrant that. But yeah, so Diggs is my guy in this tier here. He definitely gave me nightmares cool. not drafting him at all last year in any of my leagues. Uh, so uh, Same here. I went for John Brown a lot more. I, he's a few rounds cheaper, and he's already been in the offense. And yeah, no, that yeah, was not a good decision. Really, it was the wrong mistake. <laughs> so uh, so really, really, quick with, uh, really quick with Diggs, I just want to strengthen up that take regarding Diggs. Uh, you exchange Emmanuel Sanders for John Brown, John Sanders and Sanders is as of how, how he has dominated throughout the years. He's definitely going to demand coverage uh, some type of coverage. You're not going to be able to cover all these guys, by the way, how amazing it is. If you're Davis learning from these two freaking legends um, with that being said and being stated, you, you know, that, that, that rises, you know, Allen even more. I think that this team is, is going to be amazing. I would like to say that Hopkins is a guy that, that probably could be debated up there, despite me being a Justin Jefferson truther um, in, in, in this scenario. I do want to throw Hopkins up in there. Uh, he doesn't drop passes. Arizona catches, uh, or, or, I think they have, yeah, their, their receiving core has the highest per PFF uh, receiving percentage in the whole entire league. Not a guy like Hopkins. You sure that up with the AJ Green in more. We're talking speed. It's going to be a complete. It is going to be a literal air raid uh, uh, there for, for for that team. And also, I mean, Justin Jefferson is just going to do Justin Jefferson things. Of course, he'll be demanding more coverage this year, but he'll it'll also prevent it'll also help him have a longer career because now Irving style gets into the mix. He's still got feeling there. We're looking at a classic how Randy Moss and Chris Carter were, except it's just chocolate and vanilla on one side. Okay. Yeah. Very focused offense. And then Dalvin cook in the middle, I guess that's your strawberry, right? Like it's those three, no one else. <laughs> the cherry. Yeah, on exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, Andrew, over no, to you. Uh, that, some of these, yo, there, these there's someone there. Yo, fantasy football fit club just got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh some of these younger guys here andrew like uh metcalf jefferson and brown you know what what's your favorite out of that bunch of because they, they seem to be going in that mid to late round two area well i mean i i don't think there's anything wrong with any of these guys either right they're at the top for a reason so it's hard to find flaws and when you compare them together you kind of get into this really nitpicky mode and it's just how you have to be right when you're on the clock and you're staring down all three of these guys you have to kind of weigh everything and it, again it comes down to how you like to build your team I always say like everybody's allowed to be different. I think that's what makes this industry and this game so fun is that we can all play it so vastly differently and still win and have fun with it. Um, For me of those three between Metcalf, Jefferson and Brown, it's tough, but I go Metcalf. I just think that he's that kind of beast. that's just going to, he's going to get a lot of targets. I think that offense kind of flows through him. Now Lockett is a little inconsistent and going a little bit later, but I do think there is some, some upside that with Metcalf that I don't know if I have with Jefferson Brown with them adding Julio. I'm a little nervous just because I do think that they, he is going to lose a little bit of targets. Yes. He's earning those targets. They're not vacated or anything like that, but I do think that Jones is earning targets too, you know, and that offense is more of a running offense with Henry, even though they lost their coach and Arthur Smith and things like that. So I think there's a transition in that offense. that makes me a little nervous Jefferson and, and the, the Vikings have a transition of their own. They're, they're not going to be 
what we think anyway, they're not going to be passing as much. They want to go back to running the ball. I can think of that as a little bit of a dig on, on Jefferson and just be like, yeah, maybe he's not going to be that guy. Metcalf's in the same offense with pretty much the same co-stars. And I think he's going to do terrific. So of those three, I probably have it. I mean, as they're ranked is fine with me, Metcalf, Jefferson Brown, but I wouldn't hate anybody taking Brown over any of them, right? Like AJ Brown's a beast. He can score Whoa. six times a game if you let him, you know what I mean? So like, there's nothing wrong with that guy either, but I just lean Metcalf because I like the consistency more. If you can get that Tannehill Brown stack, which by the way, Brown Metcalf, both amazing guys, uh, shout, shout to, to, to the, to the run boys, 2019 rookies. Uh, but if you could get that Tannehill Brown stack, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to, 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 to make that happen in your league. So no matter what the format, if you can make it happen, because what you're doing is you're taking wide receiver efficiency and QB efficiency, and you're just making an efficiency sandwich. Absolutely, just did that in the uh, the poly playoff uh, charity. I league. Just did that. Just did that yeah. there. I was so happy with that pick there. Stacking uh, tournaments. So. No one feels too high in this tier. Like, there's no one this tier that I think shouldn't belong. Like, like again, I would say Diggs, but because he belongs a tier above. But like, I don't really think anyone's too high in this tier. Like, there's no one that should be in the third tier. There's just no, not not really. You could unless Robbie disagrees. There's just someone that's left out. There's just one person that's left out. I, I agree. Yeah, there's if anything I would raise that's someone. Out. That's all. I, again, yeah, I think it's maybe raise a, a receiver to up into this tier. I think, but yeah, no one, no one here feels like they sh- they're too high. That's, that's well, this is what ultimately happens with tiers, right? When you try to break them apart, there, there, you if you do it, what I t- what I've done in the past, I think we've all done this. It's like I'll just tier my draft, and then it ends up being a tier of 25 people. I'm like, well, that's not helpful, right? You kind of have to get that split somewhere. And mm-hmm. well, I kind of agree where this break happens. I do think after this, the, there is a, a, I would say a noticeable gap, but it's a small gap. So I don't think that I don't hate the gap, but there's got to be a gap somewhere. I mean, do you put it above Brown? You put it below the guys are going to talk about like you got to pick a spot. So I kind of like it. I, I see the logic in here. Yeah. That's kind of how I, 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 I did most of the years. There's two guys I think could potentially be in. I'm curious who's that one guy that Robbie really wants. Cause I know, I know what my answer would be, but we'll, we'll see. When we'll get to that in just a few you'll, seconds. You'll here. See, see. Kind of uh, we didn't really talk much about Calvin Ridley. Uh, I just want to quickly mention Calvin Ridley here. I, I think he's honestly, I think he's one of the most safer round two wide receivers in this, in this area. Uh, Cause you could make, I guess you can make a case. You can make a case for him as a negative too, but I feel like you can make more of a case for a negative for most of these guys outside of Diggs per se. I think just Calvin Ridley is just going to take that next step. You saw what he did able to do last year with that Julio Jones on the field. Um, again, the touchdowns when he wasn't on the field, a little bit of an issue, only had three. Um, but, I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to make, I think, a difference to some extent there to take off coverage. They kind of give Calvin Ridley similar coverage what he had last year season here. And uh, they're going to, I think, have to be playing from behind. And Ridley's going to do things. He is a true number one wide receiver. And he's been a guy who's been a touchdown machine ever since he's come in the league here. And in round two, mid-round two, the 2-5, you could be more exci- couldn't be more excited about getting a guy like Calvin Ridley for yourself. If it's redraft, I think I'd rather take Ridley than the headache of trying to figure out between those three young receivers, Brown, Jefferson, Metcalf. Because I looked at my rankings. I have those three, six, seven, eight. So I'm having a hard time distinguishing between the three. So I think if it's a redraft league, I'd rather just go Ridley. And and I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
and he's in that prime uh, breakout, not breakout age, but just dominant wide receiver one uh, range there. That's so. actually what I was going to say is that we could be talking about Ridley in that Titans tier next next year. You know what I mean? Like he could be up there with those guys. If, if Adams has oh, yeah. a rough year or, you know, Rodgers doesn't play the full season or who knows what drama happens there or heaven forbid he'll get hurt or something. I mean, like some of those guys could start to have some question marks added in. They're getting older. Ridley could easily be the next heir apparent. And next year, you know, next August, we're talking about him as the unquestioned wide receiver one overall. You know, I mean, I do think that with to kind of hit on your note too, Pitts is a great addition and he's a terrific athlete and everybody would be happy to have them on their team, NFL or fantasy either way. But he's also a rookie. And I do think that rookie tight ends, rookie receivers, I, I do still stand by the adage. They take some time to acclimate. It's not three years anymore. I think that's probably come down to around two, wow. but even with the way last year was, it was kind of a fluke. I just don't see Pitts being that dominant force. It's like, you know, blowing up the world and, and his ADP is just ridiculous to me. So I'd much rather have Ridley than Pitts. And I think in, in all honesty, too, if, if things go as I'm predicting, that's going to funnel more to, to Ridley. You know, if Pitts is going to catch 100 balls or something, then that takes away from Ridley. I don't see that happening for Pitts, to be honest. I think he's got some time to, to adjust. You're going to have Russell Gage catching 60 to 80 balls, but it's going to be Ridley with 100 easy. And it, I mean, you could argue the others all have a lot more competition across the field. And Ridley doesn't. So it could be a really standout year for him. So I think he's he's probably the one I would put ahead of of Hopkins. But other than that, this tier ranking is is right where I have him pretty much. And then that's that's a great that's a great point about yep. people. You know, they have other people there. Ridley doesn't maybe. If you consider Kyle Pitts and his rookie season, how that's really going to go. And, so and we'll when and, and when you're doing rankings, you want to you know not not always just look at past data, but also take some of your own personal you know not too much your own personal bias, but. You know, predict, try and look into a crystal ball. Try and, you know, look into the future. It makes it a, a little bit easier to see how guys can light up and down the scale. One thing that really helped me actually go through the receivers, it, we just did on the Full Press Fantasy Pod, we just finished our two wide receiver tier episodes. I know that the part two is not out yet at the moment of this recording. I'm almost done editing, so maybe by the time people re-listen to this, it might be. But uh, one thing that I found really helped was I went back and – uh, I think I did use fantasy pros, but whatever site tracks results. Uh, and how did all these receivers score? Cause I want to know how many fantasy points they were scoring. I went over each of the last three years, obviously there's been a lot of receivers that you could go with a little longer than that, but just what have they done over the last three years and whatever scoring PPR, half point PPR, just to compare, because that's really, that's what we're after. It's the fantasy points, right? So how have they been producing fantasy points? And I found that yep. helped me get those tier separations easier. Definitely. And definitely a great point there, Kyle, for sure. Amen. Uh, so let's go over the tier that we've been, people have been mentioning a little bit here on this part here. And it's the, it's the low end wide receiver ones. And, and this is the Keenan Allen, the yes! Robbie, <laughs> in this tier here. I think uh, we know. So, uh, Robbie, I'm going to let you go first. I know you were hyped to talk about somebody in this area. So it's all you, my friend. So Terry McLaurin, the F1 McLaurin. All right. We need to be moving this guy up. There is a new a new gunslinger in town in our nation's capital, and his name is Ryan Fitzmagic. Okay, will he give us at least two to four games of tragic? Sure. But you know what? McLaurin has been sure-handed and proven himself like we're going to have a QB, a consistent QB for a full season. I don't think we're going to go and run into Taylor Henneke. And even if we do... It's not going to be the four QBs that we had last year. He's now only stuck with two guys that he's accustomed to. McLaurin produces no matter who's under center. That's the guy I, I, I am targeting everywhere. And, and man, he is always sniping 
take from me. I can draft Justin Jefferson. I can draft other receivers. I have now decided my next draft that I am starting, my, my next draft that I'm going to be drafting in, I'm reaching for you, brother. We're not letting this happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I need, I need you on the team. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be too scary to not have Terry on your team. At least one team. Oh, oh! I see what you did there. That was that was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. Me, I'm also a Washington football team fan, so maybe there's a little bit of bias came into that. But I mean, oh, okay. look at the way the guy played. I'm, I'm telling you guys this, okay? And this is my this is my 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 seven my, my five to seven year bull prediction. Justin Jefferson will be the will be this generation's Randy. Terry will be this generation's Jerry. Hmm. Jerry. Wow. Big comparisons, but I like it. Now I'll jump in with this on Terry McLaurin. I think he's going, he's a little underrated. He's a little under the radar. Right. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating. And I'm kind of, I'm with Robbie on this one. I've done some mock drafts. I've done some different things and I can't seem to get McLaurin because I feel like eh, he'll probably be there in the next round. And he's not, he never is. You have to take him in the second if you're going to take him because he's underrated and he's not getting talked about. So you feel like, man, maybe I can sneak by. Nope. Nope. Somebody grabs him every time. And so I think I'm kind of with Robbie. He's one of those guys I'm starting to target a little bit more because I do think that offense funnels a lot through him too, right? Washington added some, some weapons on the offense, but the biggest one was Fitzmagic, you know, the DGAF quarterback we all love in fantasy, right? He's going to launch it and McLaurin's the guy to go catch yep. it. So I'm with you, Robbie. I like that. It's a good choice. <laughs> they just let that happen until then they, 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 they start watering at the mouth and then they go, man. It's just, it's just, there's blood in the water and they become sharks. McLaurin's a guy. Everyone knows how it can go Allen Robinson and, and Mike, like, like, like Keenan Allen. People know these things. Keenan Allen is the easiest damn stack that you can stack with the wide receiver one and the QB one at the same time. Like, and along with Evans as well. Like, so, I mean, come on. And I guess to me, the, the big separator here between really McLaurin and everyone else in this tier, and I'll even throw in Chris Godwin because the same thing applies. It's the quarterback play. And I, yeah, we don't know. Justin Fields is still a rookie. I'd venture to guess he's probably going to be better than Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Maybe not quite, even I, I'd, I'd argue as early as this year because I'm, I'm not really a big Fitzpatrick believer. Um, but I don't think it matters for McLaurin. Like I, I still have him at wide receiver 13, and that almost feels low. Like I've got Woods and Godwin right ahead of him. Like I can easily put him right there at 11. But I still certainly have Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson ahead of him just because. I love those quarterback situations and I know those guys are going to get tons of targets actually. And that, those were the two I was thinking of earlier. I was wondering if it was going to be one of those two that you, you were really hyping up. Uh, the thing with Allen, it's really perplexing is last year he caught a hundred passes and he didn't get a thousand yards. He had the most touchdowns of his career, but also probably the least efficient yard season of his career. So what, what gives with that? I know he was injured last year. It seemed like he was dealing with a hamstring injury allowed him. I mean, he, he played through it, so I do wonder if if he's healthy, does he get back to like a 1,200-yard season and can still maintain that touchdown efficiency? I really like Keenan Allen this year. Or is that the new normal for Allen? Even if it is, like his even – so even with 200 yards less than what he had in 2019, his fantasy points per game was up – was higher in 2020 by 0.8 points per game. So almost a full point per game more with 200 yet less receiving yards. It's, again, it seems like touchdown efficiency with Herbert's there. So I really like Keenan Allen this year personally because I think yeah. – I think the yards inefficiency we, was mostly due to the injury. And so I think a thousand yard season is certainly attainable for him this year. But, but we have to, we only thing that we have to worry about in Allen's position is he's going to see doubles more so now because every coordinator in, in, in the whole NFL mm-hmm. knows that they don't have a true two, you know, and they're and they're now they're without a tight end. 
So, well, quote unquote. I do like Jared Cook, but yeah, <laughs> I get, I get what you mean. Papering. Downgrade. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hunter Henry commanding a bit more target share, more attention than Jared Cook. Well, and I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on some of that. With it. I think Herbert is in for a good second season, but is it going to be better than his rookie year? He had a, like a record-setting rookie year. That's asking a lot, right? I mean, yes, it can be better, and I think I'd say it's possible. I don't. I, mean, I wouldn't quite go so far as to say likely, but to me, it's almost like he he got a little bit lucky because of the way he came in, right? It wasn't like he was able to practice and nobody knew who he, he got. What uh, Terod Taylor had a, a, a pretty much a needle to the chest is the only way that he could get in the game, right? So nobody could prepare for him and. Yeah. Often did well and they called a lot of plays but it seemed like he put that team on his back with anthony lynn and i'm not sure they have to do that this year so there, there are some changes there that kind of worry me but i do think allen is about as stud as you can get at the low end wide receiver one where we're talking i do think again in dynasty i have that switched obviously i have mclaurin over because he's younger and i think he's got a longer future but in redraft i don't think you're going wrong either way right both of those guys are, are studs on their team with with the offenses that like to throw the ball with quarterbacks that love to air it out and all that so i don't think you're going wrong either way the one i wanted to bring up here real quick though was evans in my opinion evans is one of those those guys that every time i've drafted evans it's been kind of like all right you know what I mean? Like, I'm not usually excited about it. And I'm not, I'm not like, yes, I got Mike Evans. I'm like, nah, give me Mike Evans. You know what I mean? Like it just, I don't have that vibe with him. These other guys, all three of these other guys, I'm usually excited to take even Allen Robinson. Actually, there've been a couple drafts where I'm like, God, Allen Robinson. That's all I'm looking for. You know, like those guys are just studs all the way. And then I don't mind Evans being in this tier. Don't take it that way. I just feel like he's the least exciting. He's the one that I'm just like, eh, all right, I guess I'll take Evans. Give me some of that Tampa offense. We'll call it a day. You know, I, even in redraft, I actually have Godwin ranked higher than Evans. I don't know if I'm the only one in uh, in this uh, well, stream. That has rankings, that. I, I don't do rankings, but I agree with you. I, I probably would rather have Godwin than Evans in that offense. But Godwin has his own ups and downs. And, you know, he's not long for the team. So in Dynasty, who knows where he's going next year? And then Evans is kind of like that two catch for two touchdowns on two yards you know what i mean like you don't that touchdowns are the most fluky thing ever i hate having that so like there's so many questions on that team but i do want a part of it so i don't mind getting evans but i, I don't usually reach for evans maybe that's a better way to put it i don't mind evans falling to me but i'm not reaching the, the second or third one exactly because there's so much value on, on that offense that i can grab any one of them and Right. Like it's not, it's not super sexy. Bra- Redraft Brown might be the better value to your point. For sure. Oh, He's for free. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. But and he, like points move. per game, he didn't score that much differently than Godwin and Evans last year. I think it was only about two points per game difference. And he's like, got a full draft, off season. Yeah. Yeah. The foot, the draft difference is not respective of that. I don't think so. Yeah. Good point, Robbie. And I'm going to, I'm going to quickly talk about Evans here. I don't think he is, should be in this tier. I think he should be in the next tier. Uh, to that extent here personally for me but you know I was doing my Mike Evans research on him and to be honest I still think he is the best I still think he's their wide receiver one on this team here yes he's older but for me what it seems like you know who have how many games has each one of these wide receivers played with Tom Brady Mike Evans has played basically a whole season with Mike uh, Tom Brady so he has that connection he understands how to play with him yes he has that with AB of course because he just has that with AB for some reason Godwin, you know, that took some time to really get used to. And I don't know if even in the playoffs you could say that it was on track there just yet. But Mike Evans, I mean, he's had a 1,000 yards every single year of his career. He's got that touchdown upside because Tom Brady's going to throw it to him. And now that you're telling me that Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are on the field here, I mean, Mike Evans, yeah, in the beginning half of the season, it was kind of like, oh, we got a two-yard touchdown here and there. Yeah. But at the end of the season, he was going off, lighting things up at the end of the year. I mean, he was – I mean, his worst game was 40 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, for the most part there. I mean, I'm okay with that for the most part. And if as your wide receiver too, and I've seen him drop to like round four, again, it's not a, it's not a sexy pick like Andrew said anymore. It's just like, oh, you have Mike Evans, great. But like, uh, I feel like he's being slightly over undervalued at this point, even though people are saying he's an overvalue. If you're taking him in this early round three, yes. But if he's falling to round four, I feel like he still has potential to really perform really well this coming season here. And that's kind of what I was saying. Like at the value, if he falls, I don't mind taking him, right? I'm not going to skip. He's not off my draft board or anything crazy like that, right? I just don't feel like as excited. I, I'd rather have some of these other guys in the tier below even if I'm looking at it just straight up. So it's like I don't hate Evans, but if, if there's a wide receiver run and I'm on the turn and it's just like if you got Evans and Galladay, you know what I mean? Like some weird gap and you're just like, well, yeah, I'll take Evans because that's worth it. You know what I mean? Like give me that guy. And then the second one, maybe I'll go running back or something. So like it kind of depends on how the draft goes. But again, I just don't feel like I'm ever – I'm never crossing my fingers. God, I hope Evan falls to me. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> if I miss him. You know what I mean? If I'll just I'm, get Godwin to be happy. If I'm gar- if I'm grabbing Evans once again, I'm I I, I I just actually wrote a stack article, so I think that's why I keep referring back. And I just I love stacks. Honestly, I I, I love stacks. But if, if it's Evans, I'm I'm definitely stacking with uh, the rest of those other guys. I'm okay with like if I don't end up with you know. Well, Allen, I'm, I'm stacking with Herbert, but like McMoran and Robinson, I'm okay if I don't end up with Fields or Fitzpatrick, you know, later on. Like, I could figure it the fuck out from there. The other two, I need, I, I, I feel like I need that security blanket. It, Makes sense. Makes just sense. because they are so good. So it's like when you're playing Mario, you need the mushroom. I'm always down for mushrooms. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fungus Among Us, right, Andrew? That's <laughs> right. I was gonna I was gonna make that reference. Yes. <laughs> um but yeah, uh sorry sorry about that, coach. Uh we don't condone that. No, we do not. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I definitely don't care. Um but to this Andrew's Joe Rogan enters the chat. <laughs> to Andrew's credit, I like my third tier receiver is about double the size. And so I think it, it my third tier in court encompasses is what these next two tiers are so um i don't feel the need to reach for any of these guys Ooh. right um because i can grab you know i don't mind cooper like i guess we'll hit that a bit like i'm sure cooper cup's probably going to be like low end at the end of the next tier like i don't really see much of a difference between him and and any of these guys i think him with stafford might be good sorry to to hit forward there steve <laughs> <laughs> no that's okay we'll, we'll go over the next one because we're getting close to the cooper cup and it's and it's the wide receiver two upsides uh, obviously, I think you could say that they have that upside to be a wide receiver one, possibly, but they're they're being drafted as wide receiver twos, and that's CeeDee Lamb, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper there in, in that order now. So, uh, boys, uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, talk about someone in this tier you like. I, I just think it's interesting that this tier is where you start seeing the doubles, right? You got Jones, Godwin, and Cooper, who are the second receivers on their team, and they're still potentially wide receiver ones. Uh, in fantasy anyway, like, you know, top 12 wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot where it's like, these are the guys that are on those high powered offenses that just go. And, and you definitely want those kind of guys. And you got Lamb and Cooper in the same tier. You know, there are definitely places that I've seen Cooper, you know, rated or ranked or whatever you want to call it above Lamb. And it's like, Cooper's the better guy. Well, then news comes out this last week that he's still having some injury issues. And all of a sudden his ADP is dropping. It's like, we're such a fragile people in fantasy. You know, one little tidbit of news can change the whole world. And I just think that's hilarious because it really does depend on when you draft and who you're drafting with. Like, I still have guys in my home league that bring a magazine that was created in March. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm, I'm very excited for one of those guys drafting Cam Akers. Like, I know it's going to happen because they're 
not paying yeah. attention. They don't know that Please he's injured. on Twitter if it happens. I'm, I will, oh. for sure, because I just I have a feeling it's going to happen. Or somebody's going to talk yeah. him out of it. They're not going to let him put the sticker on the board kind of thing and not make the pick. That's what I'm afraid of. It's going to be like, oh, man, you should have let him do that. Someone's going to take out the Cam Akers sticker just to make sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably it. But it, back, to the, back to the topic at hand, I do think that these guys are all terrific options for that, right? That if you're looking at an old data, you're looking at an old magazine, you may think Jones is still in Atlanta, right? And that's kind of where I was going yeah. with this. Like, Julio Jones is a terrific receiver. Why is he going so late? Well, he's playing behind A.J. Brown now on a different offense. He's got to learn some things. That's going to be tough. Godwin, I think, is actually the most, I would almost say the most safe option of these, right? the most consistent maybe. And it's only because Lamb and Cooper are kind of going to feast off each other. Dak's coming back from injury. They may be a little ginger or slow with him out of the gate. They still got Zeke in the backfield. I just, I feel like, and obviously Henry with Jones, but like Godwin, there's no running game. And I was saying before, I'm not excited about Evans. I am excited about Godwin. So I feel like for me, of these four, Godwin's probably my favorite, which doesn't say a lot because they're both great. All of them are great, I should say. Um, but him and Evans are both great, but I'm just more excited about getting Godwin on my team. I just think he does more for my fantasy aspect. But it does kind of depend, too, on how I draft my team in the beginning. If I'm very, very floor-centered, and let's say I get Adams or somebody, like we're talking about high floor, I might choose not to go Godwin and go somebody like Cooper or Lamb here to give me some ceiling, right, to kind of mix it up. You don't want to be boring and have just an all-floor team. Nobody likes that. So I do think Godwin's got some of that ceiling that these other guys maybe don't have, but it's really nitpicky yet again where it's like, man, they're all great options. He was wide receiver two two years ago, right? 2019, Chris Godwin was the wide receiver two, so... I mean, or I yeah. guess it depends on the, the scores that maybe certainly top five and in, in regardless of any league. So he's shown that upside. So I, I definitely agree. If there's one player I want the most out of this, out of these four, it's definitely Godwin. I well, think it's, he's on the that. franchise. He's on the franchise tag, right? So he's going to yeah. play his heart out to find You know, someone, someone's going to have to sign him. It's not going to be the bucks. So there no, could be something yeah. with this. It's a contract year kind of situation too, right? Now you were saying before with Adams and Rogers, both like, you know, Pippen and Jordan kind of seeing their way out. I mean, the Bucks just want it. You know Brady wants to run it back and do it again. And I think he's going to lean on Godwin as long as he can stay healthy, which, again, no yeah. rankings ever really project into health. It's impossible to do. So as long as these guys are all healthy, I'd rather have Godwin. The only real question in reality when drafting them and putting that sticker on the board, you have to kind of keep that injury risk in mind. And I do think Godwin's probably the most injury prone, although him and Jones could fight that out. But Jones ends up playing through yeah. a lot of it, right? Uh, and I just – Godwin last year I feel like missed more time than I wanted him to. I had him on my team as a keeper. And I remember thinking, man, I got to keep the wide receiver two with my seventh round pick. Like, oh my God, what a steal. And he didn't really pay off that much, but he did win me some weeks and, and I won the title in that league, but it wasn't because of Godwin. You know what I mean? Oh, I'd argue Amari Cooper might be the most injury prone, or at least to me right now, the biggest injury risk because he is hurt right Currently, now. Currently, yes. You're right. That's I, a good point. I, I will say this is the first time I've seen someone that I think is in a tier too high. Like I've mentioned a couple times, I thought Diggs was too low. I, I maybe made the argument. I thought Keenan Allen was a tier too low. Godwin's a tier too low here, but no one seemed to be a tier too high to me. I think Amari Cooper is. I uh, that. I've got him at ranked at wide receiver 23. Um, mm. So I've got him outside the top. Amari Cooper is, all, is. So there's definitely a few names that I'd rather have. So Amari Cooper, the pooper scooper. I mean, this is one that everyone kind of flip flops on. Um, I like CD Lamb over over Coop. I want y'all to get excited, but I'm saying positive things about your team. And like, oh, he likes us, huh? Relax, okay. Um, now, with that being said, I do think that Lamb is a lot better. They are looking to figure out, you know, if it's Cooper that they are gonna maybe move on from. If it could be Gallup that they move on from. Um, so they and which would obviously elevate, you know, one Cedric Wilson, so on and so forth. 
I'm worried about how Dallas is doing, and they got hard knocks going on. I think there could be too many distractions. I'm just uh, – uh, but if I had to pick one out of the two, it is going to be Lamb. Um, I have no problems, once again, going with the Tannehill-Julio-Jones stack. Once again, you're going with that injury risk. Um, I feel like you're right, Andrew, and everything that you said about Godwin. So, yeah, that's my breakdown on that for. I – rather have either Rams receiver than either of these Cowboys receivers. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. I was just looking at my rankings and like the fact we haven't even mentioned Woods yet because I have him. He's the, he's Woods is the guy that's maybe preventing McLaurin from being in my top 12. Like it's him, Godwin, McLaurin, like, who, you know, one of them's got to be outside the top 12 for me. But yeah, like I, I'll take you again. I even mentioned Cooper Cup earlier. So yeah, I'm a, maybe a little bit lower on the Cowboys receivers than consensus. I might be a little bit more aggressive on Gallup, though. Than the consensus uh, i think it's, it might be closer between those three than than we're admitting now here's the thing i and i'm projecting lamb to take a step forward because cooper outscored him last year in, in a points per game basis so I, I know i'm definitely taking the 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 leap that lamb will outproduce him this year so maybe maybe we're, we're i'm still a year early on that uh, maybe uh, as consensus we're maybe a year too early on that but we'll see i, I know uh, we saw dk metcalf take a massive step lamb is in the 88 club uh, Lamb is in the 88 club. Right. He's about to be a cowboy for life. He's about to be a cowboy for, <laughs> for life. Yeah, That's why I do wholeheartedly believe that it is Cooper. I, I really believe that it is Cooper that they move on from. Like I really it's do. Cool. It, it, Next it year. saves you the most money. And, and then you get and then you get a linebacker that now compliments Parsons. I, I agree. I, I actually I almost thought that Amari Cooper contract was a mistake that they should have paid that money to Byron Jones and, and solidify the, the the defense better. But yeah, and they might they might you know they'll eventually come to that conclusion maybe next year. I think again it, they obviously couldn't get rid of him this year. I think next year there's not much dead cap. So good point, Robbie. He'll be gone next year definitely. Uh, but I, I, you could still make the case for Amari Cooper though. I mean, yep. man, he's there this year. <laughs> And for this year, yes, of course. And for this season, I, I think mean, Amari Cooper gets traded middle of the season. Just NFC East in general. Oh, Giants, Philly, straight basura. Okay, I mean they're, they're, they're the losing. Yeah. Waste call call. Yeah, call call waste management. They're done. But Ben and Dow are going to be competing with the whole NFC East as a whole. Dallas is going to need to have to get the edge up on Washington. The way to do that is going to be defense they know they they know that they can put up put up 27 plus points a clip a game whereas washington we're going to beat you our defense we may have to you know we we're lucky if we put up you know 28 points per game you know we're putting up 21 points per game so the edge to beat washington and to edge out washington the team within your division is you're going to have to bring a defensive player right before that mid-season trade deadline you move cooper Parsons is going to be getting his – he's going to have his motor running. Van Rushing, shit, we already know that. Like, they're, like those bets are done. You bring in now a, a young linebacker. Now you have a chance to trump Washington because now you just elevate Wilson into the wide receiver three role. And then C. Lamb is the one, receiver two. It's almost like you're a, a fan of the division in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I think you were the one that mentioned this, though. I think if, if you said it well, though. If, if the Cowboys are losing, yeah, I could see them shedding Cooper. But if they're like six and two, 
why would they do that? Right. Like, I mean, if you're winning with it, they're not going to make a move. So I, th- I think it kind of does depend on how they come out of the gate. I'm not saying it's a bad take. I'm just saying like, it kind of hinges on how they're playing. Right. If Cooper's doing well and isn't injured and the team's winning, why would Jerry Jones make that move? But if they're struggling, I think Cooper's the next one to get cut. Right. He's the next one. They're like, all right, we don't need that contract. He's too risky. We've got lamb. We don't need him anymore. Um, there was news that just came out too, though, about Gallup not getting resigned or not getting extended, right? So it could be that the team is looking yeah. to get rid of both Cooper and Gallup, which I think would be a risky move. Um, and again, like it depends a lot on how that goes, right? Maybe they're just not talking about signing Gallup now because they want to see how he does, right? And that doesn't mean the talks are over; it just means they're not doing it yet. Um, yeah. So I do think that it it sort of depends on how the year goes. But the Cowboys are a tricky one, and I'm I'm not necessarily avoiding the Cowboys, but. There are a lot of question marks. The more I look into them, it's just like, man, I don't know about that team. Zeke is probably the one I like. Yeah, but Zeke's probably probably the one that I like the most at at cost. Yeah, (laughs) like give me Zeke and the rest of them. I'll just sort of see what happens. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I I, Honestly, in single, even in single quarterback, I kind of like Dak's cost. Like I Mm -hmm. remember I did a redraft league. I got him in the seventh round. Like that's where I'll take a, a, I'll, I'll take that top tier quarterback at that range. So, uh, but I agree with you. I, I, I think Zeke's probably a better value than any other receivers, Andrew. I'll, I'll yep. agree with that. hundred percent. Another player that I, we talked about this before the show, but that's another receiver running back that I'm taking above Saquon Barkley. Definitely Zeke. Probably Saquon's. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the next tier here. The consistent wide receiver two tier that I put them under. And, and mm. this has Bob Woods, of I course, love this his tier. favorite of everyone, Adam Thielen, Cooper cup, and, uh, the aforementioned Michael Thomas <laughs> is injured right now. So, uh, Kyle, I'll let you go first on this one. What do you got? What do you got here? I might even take Adam Thielen above either Cowboys receivers if it's redraft. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Dynasty, he's much lower. But I know that like Thielen had a huge touchdown year last year, but not a great yards year. It was actually similar to Keenan Allen's season. So I wonder if it reverts back. Like he gets more efficient yards, like we had seen earlier in his career, but less touchdowns. So I'm still fine with Thielen this year, hoping maybe he becomes a, bit, a little bit more consistent, less boom bust. But you know, if he scored, he was helping you win weeks. It's, it's kind of again similar to, to Mike Evans, right? So we've already talked about those receivers before. Um, you know, uh, Allen, Mike Evans. I, I don't see a much of a difference between Thielen from a redraft perspective. So I love all three of those, but like I've got Woods as a as my wide receiver. Again, I, I'm back and forth between him and McLaurin, but between wide receiver 11 and 13 for Robert Woods. So if there's one I'm taking out of this, it's Woods. Um, and I'll, I'll hint later at how low I have Michael Thomas because it's pretty low in my even in redraft Vikings right now. It's pretty bad, Robbie. What Can I you, just say? Yeah, can I just say that, like, you know, here on the fantasy coaches, that every time I hear the name Bobby Trees, it makes me want to channel my inner Ricky Williams. Yeah. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, like, it makes me want to inhale oh, yeah. trees, you know, and he is so electric. Like, how, how, how many years has this man been in the league? Like, 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 what, like, like six, seven, eight? Six, seven, eight? I think it's six, yeah. Seven, eight? Something like that. And I'll look it up. Still one of the most, yeah, he, him, him and Thielen, like still one of the most sure-handed, well-route running. Like this is the tier that I love because this is like, 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 like the value, the value tier. Like you can strike gold with that first three at any moment. Two years ago, Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay were the only two wide receivers in the whole this is Robert Woods. This will be his ninth season in the NFL. Ninth season? Oh, came in as a rookie in 2013. So, like, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that's DeAndre Hopkins' rookie class, right? So, yeah, 
And I mean, it's play. funny. We, we, th- we thought he did nothing in Buffalo, but he caught 40 passes every year in Buffalo. Like, well, that's actually what I was going to dive yep. into here is I think Robert, Robert Woods is one of those guys, Bobby Trees, right, is one of those guys that is perenni- perennially underrated and overperforms his ADP. I don't have the data on hand, but I'm almost willing to bet you that he outperforms his ADP. If his ADP this year is, what, 17, wide receiver 17, I'm willing to bet he does better than finish. He finishes better than wide receiver 17. Right now, granted, there is some some obvious twist to that where players get injured and that happens all the time and it just hasn't happened to him. That helps rise players and all this. But he is still he is literally one of those guys that I find myself in like the fifth round. He's still there. And I ask that question and I think we've all seen it. How is this guy still here right in the chat? Every how is this guy? St- how did you guys all pass on him so many times? But I passed on him, too. Right. Like, I'm just like, oh, there's other players. There's Godwin. There's other flashier guys. I need a tight end. But then when I get him in like that fourth, fifth round, it's like magic. I'm just like. That's what I'm talking about. That's a steal. Um, I've actually started trading for him in some dynasty leagues. Like he is a little bit on the older side, but I'd rather have him than some of these, you know, other player in a pick kind of trades, right? Where it's like, I don't mind losing some of that future potential. Give me that guy now, right? Like I think I traded him. I think I traded away Debo Samuel in a package and I got Robert Woods back and I was like ecstatic with oh, that. Yeah. You know, Debo's got so many question marks. He's got such a low floor and such a high ceiling. I'm like, give me that Robert Woods as my solid wide receiver three on that team, banking on that every time. You right? play like, dynasty I love that to win. You play dynasty yeah. to win. You always go for the trophy. That's, that's right. That you got to play yeah. to win this year. Yeah. Let's, dynasty let's, is about building teams forever, but no team is really forever. Right. The dynasty, the way I play dynasty yeah. is it's every year is a new redraft. You just start with the same base and you trade from that. You just don't do a draft, right? You just say they trade and get your guys. Cause every year the world is different, right? Every year the world is different, but We're back right. to topic here, Robert Woods and Cooper cup are both underrated. Yeah. And I love both of those guys at their costs. And I, this is exactly why I like taking running backs early in the draft because they're the running back dead zone is right where these guys, are going and i think it's it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy right where that fifth six or third to sixth round however you want to define it is like that running back dead zone where there just aren't any good running backs but these guys are consistently available and are awesome picks every time i make it every time i do a draft or a mock draft or anything and i land one of these guys with my fifth or sixth round pick i'm like man i'm glad i'm passed on receivers like man i didn't need Devonte adams give me woods and zeke you know what I mean? Like, give me that obvious upside. So I just think oh, that yeah. all of these guys are terrific. Oh, happily I do. I, on yeah. And I do want to talk about Thomas, though. I think we have to get into this because it's kind of, I want to say it's the elephant in the room. But where are you guys feeling comfortable drafting Thomas? I, 20 is his current ADP here, but that's not going to be the ADP for long. It's tumbling. So, like, I guess I'm just curious and not to take your seat here, Steve, but, like, where do we <laughs> feel like we feel safe taking Thomas? Like, do we think he's going to play? Is he going to miss a few games or a lot of games? Like, I don't know. Just curious round what your guys' thoughts are. Round nine or later, honestly, for me. And, that's and where I'm too. Like yep, bench spot. Like high. First so bench. Round nine or later, I feel like at that point you can take a risk like that and hold him on your bench and see what happens. You know, I mean, at that point, I, I don't know who's going at that time frame, but like, uh, if I could find out here, let's see. Uh, I mean, that's like the the round nine. Uh, I'll round reach eight. Uh, it's like Landry, Curtis Samuel tier. Or so I mean, yeah, I like Curtis Samuel, but. Michael Thomas, if he comes back and he's healthy at that point, he could end up being like a number one wide receiver the back half of the season if he's getting those targets. But I'm waiting until around then. We, what about we, you, Kyle? We became so much more risk adverse. I've got him at wide receiver 53, so I am very risk averse with him. Mm. Uh, so the, the massive drop in production last year, yes, he was hurt, but when he was on the field, was not producing what he was in 2019. I venture to guess that 
2019 Thomas will never see again like that, that he's no longer that receiver may not also have the quarterback to do that not that I think Drew Brees is that amazing the last couple of years anyway but he, he literally halved his production 18.8 fantasy points per game and this is half point PPR in 2019 9.1 less than half 9.1 last year so even when healthy enough to be on the field he wasn't really producing at a high level and you know maybe he comes back in the month of october but how healthy is he going to be really and so i'm kind of viewing my expectations for him are are similar to that where he's going to be in half point ppr leagues probably a single digit average per per week maybe he gets some spike weeks with some touchdowns not that he's ever been a a massive touchdown guy in his career so uh, i'm looking at like where i have those receivers that score around those types of points like you know michael gallup last year with Dak prescott scored nine fantasy points per game T.Y. Hilton, 9.1 with uh, Philip Rivers last year. LaVisca Chenault, 9.2. And those are all guys I have in the late 40s, early 50s. So that's why I've You're got right Michael there. Thomas down there. And uh, you guys are saying ninth round. I think that, that range for me might even be later, like 10th, 11th round. So I'm 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 more very cautious with Thomas. I'm more on the uh, so low that I, I'm probably not drafting him type price. Well, to kind of maybe paint a clearer picture for when I'm, I, I think Steve and I are on the same page. So I, forgive me if I'm wrong here. Correct me, I guess, if I'm wrong. But I'm looking at it as like my first bench spot, right? If I'm in a start eight league, then that'd be the ninth round. If I'm in a start 11 league, then it'd be the 12th round, right? And that's kind of where I'm looking at it. I don't want to have any sort of flex spot that's kind of lined up with him at the start. I'd much rather pass on him and see what happens. But in the ninth round, if you're starting eight, you know, 10th round, whatever it is, in your first bench, spot i don't mind that because i think at that point there is some risk but there is still some reward he's still michael thomas you know maybe there's war i don't even want to put this yeah. in the ether but like maybe there's a strange twist where he gets traded right there's been talk now that he and, and they're kind of connecting dots to having him go to jacksonville and playing with urban meyer and all this there is some potential that the saints are looking at their season this year and just being like we don't know what we got a quarterback thomas is our only receiver we got to blow this up and start over let's trade some of the guys like you do in dynasty when you're you know you just know you've got two studs and it's duds after that maybe it's time so i and again with all the the drama coming out with him ghosting the team and like not responding and not getting the surgery on time there's just so much smoke it's hard to believe there's no fire here right so for me it's like i don't mind taking a risk on him but in all honesty i'm i'm willing to bet that somebody out there will win a league after picking up thomas off of waivers that he will play somewhere in the end of the year, but they will be like, yeah, I picked him up in week six. Somebody dropped him because they just couldn't stand it anymore. Right. Like, do I really yeah. want that on my team? I don't know. But if it's my first bench, at least I'm not risking a starter spot. So that's, that's kind of where my logic is. That's a good point to kind of say that the league, you know, it's league dependent, draft dependent, right. And your scoring settings, the number of starters impacts those decisions. But how risk averse you are. If you're someone like that takes all the, the floor players early and you're coming to the eighth round and you're like, I don't have any ceiling players. I don't have any crazy options. You know, I'm looking at, Maybe I take, uh, I don't know, Jarvis Landry or do I take, who's another floor player, or do I take Michael Thomas, who might actually come back week two and be a stud again? Maybe I got to reach for the stars here. Maybe I got to go crazy. I've seen it too in some keeper leagues where the, the whole draft is all screwed up because the keepers are taken. Something like that. It's like, man, you know what? All the receivers were taken. I kept two running backs. I got nothing. Let me go with Thomas, right? Like I could see a decision like that. And I think a lot of times when we're ranking players, it's always in a vacuum. When we're talking about trades on Twitter and all this, it's always in a vacuum. But in all honesty, the context of the league, the context of your scoring, the players in your league with you, all of that stuff has a hand in this. I have guys I know in my home redraft who have already texted the group thread that are like, I'm not drafting him at all. Okay, well, then he's going to fall, right? Well, that makes him a better value. So that helps. And, and really quick, to, to that note, that's even more important for those that are out there watching for you as a fantasy player, watch the fantasy coaches, read these guys' articles, check out, check out, you know, what we're doing, you know, like, because 
everything is league dependent. So you need to have a listen. All y'all, all y'all, home. y'all have this motherfucking phone, okay? <laughs> y'all have this phone. You have all of us in your pocket. You literally have all of us in your pocket. And I bring this up because ask Stephen questions, ask Andrew questions, ask Kyle. DM us. Like, we're here to make you better fantasy players. So I like that you brought that brought up that whole later season thing with Michael Thomas. And, like, because we're thinking about the fantasy psychology and we're thinking about your league and your best interests before you even go and you lay down the money to play. Whether it's for charity or not, we're thinking about your best interest so you can still come home with a title. Yeah, and I always tell people, too, I'd rather I you send me a DM. When you said that, that inspired me to make sure I put that out there. I love it. No, I, I always tell people I'd rather you send me a DM than me say check my rankings, right? Checking my rankings is not an answer. I actually don't like when people do that because it's pointless. Like, yes, I could have checked your rankings. I actually did, but I'm still curious with these settings, will you, would you say something different? And I know, too, as someone who's has done this for a few years, it's tough to get back to everybody. It's tough to respond to every message and all that. But at the same time, I'd much rather have a conversation about your team than just a simple lock it. Like, how does that help you? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not explaining my logic to you. I'm just picking a name out of a hat. And at the same time, and I've said this on other podcasts, I think Kyle, even I mentioned it on yours, where I'm more of a fantasy advisor, right? Like a financial advisor. I'm here to give you advice, but I'm not making the decisions. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just here to tell you what I think we should do or what the market is doing, or here's what the stats say. Here's some different ways to look at things, but what do you want to do? Right. And that's ultimately what a lot of these questions come down to is they ask me something and I go, well, here's what I would do if it were me. But are you that risky? Do you like playing that way? Does your league tend to trade a lot? If they don't trade, the decisions are entirely different. You don't go for value. Take someone that fills a roster spot. You know what I mean? You can't pass on tight end and trade for one later if there's no trading in your league. You know, so like there's so many ways that this contextually is getting missed, I feel like. And it has to be because you can't write an article that applies to every single league. So what I do is I look at everything I say is like, here's some information, do with it what you will, but I'm not telling anyone who to start, right? And ultimately it comes down to this with Thomas for any, for more than, for anybody else, actually more than Thomas or more for Thomas than anyone else is that with Thomas, it's about how you feel about him and your risk level. You know, if you feel like you're the kind of player that doesn't like to take risks, do not draft Thomas. You're going to hate it. It's going to be stressful. You're not going to want it. But if you're the kind of player who's in a fantasy league with, you know, full PPR and bonuses and crazy scoring and no one trades and everyone's boring except for you, man, go have Thomas have a fun time and, and just enjoy your league. You know what I mean? Like there's no wrong answer here, but I do think some of that context gets kind of missed, especially on Twitter when you only have 140 characters and be like, what should I take? Like, give me more info. You know what I mean? I need more context here. That's honestly the best way to put it there, Andrew. Honestly, you, you have to give us the whole picture if you want us a, a true answer. I mean, you can't just say one thing. It's like, all right, well, based on what you told me, this might be the answer, but it might be the wrong answer for what you need, really. And um, just getting back to Michael Thomas, I mean, yes, you know, if you like to hit that risk, do it. But also remember, he could be out seven, eight weeks. He could really much be. That could be the worst case scenario. He's out that long. So if you're taking him as your first bench player, know that he might not be there. But you take that risk that maybe he's back by week three. They don't put him on the pump for six weeks. You have to just take that risk, and that's kind of what it is. And that could win or lose your league very well. But hopefully, since it's a bench spot, it won't lose your league as badly if you were to take him as a flex or wide receiver. Thank you. Not recommend whatsoever. So, uh, so let's uh, let's head over to this last tier for the night, guys. And it's the low key. I meant to just say low end, but I wrote low key wide receiver twos here. And this this tier has Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore. Deontay Johnson and Kenny Galladay. So, Robbie, I'll let you go first, my friend. You're outside chilling. Who do you got? Who do you like here? Can I go with who I hate first? <laughs> you can go whoever you want. <laughs> I think I know what Robbie's going to say. Like, 
throw away, whatever. So, so, so honestly, like, like with, with Galladay, we're, we're, we're talking about the same thing with Thomas. And this is where if I had to pick between one of the two, I am going to take Thomas. Um, look, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, a.k.a. Deontay Johnson, he could cure drops, okay? Um, and, and Ben Roethlisberger has never really, in all honesty, like, like people are drafting him as QB 28, and it's like, he, let's be honest, he's way better than Daniel Jones, who people are trying to take as QB 20. All right. Uh, Galladay has to deal with some of the same risk factors. Yeah, way better weapons. None of this Giants offense is fantasy-friendly outside of Saquads. Um, for that, I will take Johnson. I will take more. I will take Lockett. The problem of what you're dealing with with those three is what weeks are they going to pop off? So now you're predicting week-to-week matchups, which is now involving you to have to do more homework, which is now involving you to have to watch more of all of us that are here, which is good. <laughs> good plug. Uh, the, I want to jump in here and just say there's some there's there's something missing from these top 24 receivers, and I don't know if I can put my finger on it. What team should be in the top 24 that has a lot of good receivers? I can't put then my finger's right on it. It is on it. It's the Bengals. Why are there no Bengals in this top 24? I, I just, this is why I love ADP. And I think it's something that we should use as a tool and to kind of go a little meta back again for a second, using ADP to your advantage is something I think a lot of people don't do. They look at ADP and they think it's trash and they don't look at it. I look at this and go, Oh really? You got Galladay at 24. That tells me that someone in my league is going to take Galladay before I would take Galladay. And that makes me very happy. Right? I look at this and I go, someone is going to take more in Johnson before Chase and Higgins. That makes me very happy. Except I'm in Cincinnati and I have a bunch of fans and that are Bengals fans. It's different. But you get what I mean. Like there, You can learn a lot from ADP. And I think this kind of exercise, too, just tearing it out on ADP and not your rankings can show you where there's a discrepancy. I'm actually working on an article for Fantasy Pros coming out in the next week or two where it looks at ECR versus ESPN ADP and kind of says, where can you find some values? And because, and, again, we all know this, too, when it comes around draft season and the casual fan isn't doing a ton of research. They're trying to catch up here, you know, juggling all the world issues that are going on right now that we're not here to talk about. But they're coming back and they're looking at their draft site and they're like, oh, crap, I got a draft. And there's the ADP in there. And that's what they're picking. Right. They're just selecting what's in whatever's in that app. And so my logic is, well, let's look at that and say, how can we utilize that to help you? Right. Like, let's say, OK, here's the numbers you're looking at because you don't have any time. Here's one quick article that says ECR has these players ranked ahead of that ADP. So these are guys you should try to target. And here's players that you shouldn't because they're actually ranked lower than their ADP. And Galladay is a prime example of that. I, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that I don't know anyone that has Galladay as a wide receiver two anymore. I drafted him, I think, as my wide receiver two in the Scott Fishbowl back in July when all the hope was everything was rosy and cherry. Right now I'm like. Uh, that was maybe a bad choice, right? But I love that bowl because it's such an early draft and everybody's kind of going crazy for it. It's 11 starters. You got 22 and there's no trading. So it's like, it's such a unique league, but that's why I love Scott Fishbowl because I took Galladay and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all hype, right? Like it's just that this time of year, Galladay just got signed. He's going to get with Daniel Jones and then kind of the cobwebs clear. And I'm like, Oh God, he's got Daniel Jones. What was I thinking? <laughs> like, Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely some regrets, but that's also where I wanted to hit on this as we kind of wrap these wide receivers up. None of these guys are bad either. I'd be happy with any of these as a wide receiver, two or three on my team. I think where it gets nervous is if you end up kind of punting receiver and you get one of these guys as your wide receiver one, 
I've been there, right? I've had those drafts where it's just like I skip, I you know, get tight end, I get high, like Pat Mahomes, or you know, I try to stack him with Kelsey, and then I'm just like, man, you know what? Let me get my running backs because those guys fall off a cliff. And before I know it, it's the eighth round, and I'm like, I don't have any receivers. Oh, and I've got Lockett, Moore, and Johnson still here. I guess I'll take one of them. And so it just it can get messy. But all of that to say, just I, I think that these guys are are probably more likely. I would I would say Moore is probably the only one likely to go up. But I think the other three have a chance to kind of fight it and go a little down from where they are. But again, it's also speculative. We have so many drafts to go. This ADP is so fluctuating. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely with my man Robbie over here. Galladay, ugh, I really regret that. <laughs> yeah. If, if there's a tier that's very flip floppy and they can let anyone else in and take their place, it's definitely this tier. I've yeah. got Galladay. I just took my rankings real quick. He's at wide receiver 29. For me. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I don't mind him as a wide receiver three, right? He's got some upside. He's a is wide receiver one on a team. That I'll helps. Take three. I'll take him three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I think um, I have a question for Andrew actually. So you're talking about the Bengals being up here in redraft. How are you, how are you ordering the three of them, Boyd, Chase, and, and Higgins? I, I get this question a lot. I am an unabashed oh, Bengals supporter, and everybody knows it. And I fought, I was at the practice on Saturday. I got to watch Chase make a great catch. I got you know did did some fun things there and all that. So you know I, I I like Higgins the most though. I think just not necessarily based on cost, but I just think his second year in the league. Um, he had a great year last year. I think he's got some rapport with Burrow. Uh, he played well without Burrow. He did okay with, you know, kind of learning the ropes. I think Chase is going to take a little bit of time to acclimate. I know he and Burrow have a rapport, and you can see it even in some of the practice film I've seen too. It's There's definitely some timing things there. But I think if if you can get either Higgins or Chase as your wide receiver too, you're going to be real happy with that. I think both of them have high wide receiver one kind of potential. It just They're going to feast off each other a little bit. But if that offense does everything everyone's talking about, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. Um, I do think, again, just Chase has a little bit of that rookie I don't know, lack maybe, or it's just, it's, it's tough to trust a rookie. And I think in some leagues too, we, we all have played in those leagues and in the, what we call the regular leagues, right? The casual leagues where people are out there dropping players because they're not doing anything by week three, right? Chase is very likely on that list. You know, he might go one catch for 20 yards in the first week, uh, two catches for 12 yards in the second week. And whoever's the, the manager of chase is just like, you know what, I, this rookie ain't, ain't it for me. I'm out. And that's when you scoop them up. Right? That's yeah. when you trade from in dynasty. Like you got to play the long game there. So I love all three of those guys. And I didn't even talk about Boyd. All three of them are, are starters in fantasy in my book. So yeah, it's, it's Higgins chase slight gap Boyd. All right. And that's where, where it's important for us to be monotical and, and, and how we, we, we approach the game. So, no, I completely agree. I think I'd rather have um, – let me see. I've got – yeah, I've got, I've got Boyd ranked behind Galladay. I have Boyd at 31, Galladay at 29, but I do have Higgins and Chase both ahead of Galladay. So, if they, I definitely agree that, yeah, Galladay is the guy to, to leave the tier. Uh, coach Steve, if, if I may, uh, with your permission, head coach, uh, there's one player that I have in my top 20 that hasn't been mentioned yet at all. So, I don't know Go if – uh, yeah, Probably you're going to talk about him next episode, but it's Brandon Ayuk. And to, to go off a comment Andrew made about T. Higgins' rookie season, Brandon Ayuk's rookie season was quite impressive. Uh, half point PPR, he scored uh, – I just had it here. Hang on. Uh, he scored 12.9 fantasy points per game last year in half point PPR. That was more than Robert Woods. That was definitely more than Cooper Cup, more than Terry McLaurin. Uh, he was less than a fantasy point behind Keenan Allen, about a half fantasy point behind guys like Godwin, Evans, Thielen, 
or not Thielen, sorry, Thielen is a little bit more elevated, but like he, he was up there in terms of production. And I, th- I think he was a top 20 wide receiver last year in points per game. So I, I think he could repeat it again as a second that year half player. point PPR makes a difference. Mm-hmm. The half point PPR does make a difference. Yeah, he is. Cause he is the, the, the field stretching type. Like he's going to get maybe more yards and, and less catches. So yeah, in full point PPR, I probably would have him outside the top 20 in redraft, but I think I'd still consider him a top 24 in that format still. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on a I think he's already lapped Debo Samuel as the number one wide receiver on the team. Um, and maybe because I think his, like his rookie season was better than Debo Samuel's and we were pretty impressed with him. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that continues. And if, if Trey Lance come in, comes in and is, is amazing. Okay. Maybe it's less volume, although Garoppolo, the volume hasn't been big anyway, it's been all efficiency. So like, I'm not too worried about Lance coming in and them not throwing enough. It's, can he be efficient enough? And if he can, then. I think Ayuk's probably going to again finish as a top twenty receiver. I just yeah, want to jump I mean, on Rappel something here for a minute. Well, I just want to jump on something real quick because Ayuk right now is ADP twenty six, which again I don't think is too far off from wide receiver twenty. I don't think that's ter- like wide receiver twenty six. You're in the same range, but I'm curious. I guess Kyle, where do you have Odell Beckham because he's ADP twenty five? Yeah. I think it's it blows my mind that people are taking Odell Beckham over Brandon Ayuk. But I guess, again, the, the casual fan, the name Odell Beckham has so much more weight to it. There's all this hope and potential and all this. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, a, I'm not even saying I don't like Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's got some potential to break out this year. And he's a good sleeper pick, depending on how you word that sleeper, right, how you define that. But I just think Odell Beckham is, is maybe better. His ADP is based on his name more than his talent at this point or more than his production. So I'm curious, I guess, where do you have Odell ranked you know, in, in comparison to these guys? I've got him at 34. I actually have him yeah. two spots lower than Landry. I have Boyd and Landry back to back. I figure slot receiver, high floor guys. And like, I I don't know that Beckham's the number one receiver on Cleveland. I, I think it might actually be Landry. So my, my in terms of fantasy, I think you're right. I think Beckham's the X, right? He's the wide receiver yeah. one on the Browns, but he's not the first receiver I, I tend to want. That's for sure. Especially in any sort of PPR format. Boy, yeah. I'm no. with you. I think Landry and, and Mayfield have had a good connection and Landry's first season, the coaching was awful. His usage and the way he was being used was awful. I think with, with uh, Stefanski, they found a really good balance on how to best use Landry similar to his days in Miami when he's his best production. So I look for that to continue. Landry's very sure-handed. Larry's very, very sure-handed. Landry's very sure-handed. You can count on him to, 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 you know, if something is thrown his way, he is going to call it in. Odell, you do have to worry about, you like to get fancy. You like to do these one-handed grabs. That results in maybe you not having the most efficient or biggest plays. Um, Would I probably take Landry over, like, uh, I don't know. Odell could be on a bounce back. We just need to see it. We just need to see it. We really, really need to see it. I do think that that, that there is a piece. And uh, obviously, no, I'm not the casual fan, but like, I, I'm not high on Galladay at all. So it's funny take because that for how you will. Like, I have, I have Higgins and Chase above Galladay, and I have Odell above Galladay. So everyone over Galladay it's funny because last year I feel like my two most rostered wide receivers were Galladay and Beckham and I've just like sworn off them completely they went from I think I had them both rank like wide receiver like six seven last year in redraft yeah. and now they're yeah. now they're outside of the wide receiver two range should be I've just got like completely gone the other direction on both oh, how of quickly the mighty have fallen right yeah. I, and I think too this is this is another prime example of where you can use ADP to your advantage though right you, it's not going to guarantee that Beckham is going to be the 25th receiver in your draft but if you know he's going there and you have him ranked or look at Kyle's ranks he's 34 you can be like 
perfect. Please take Beckham. You know, I mean, there's nothing more exciting in a draft than you're like getting nervous that your guy's going to go and someone takes a guy way early or a guy you don't want, like Galladay in the third round. You were all like, yes, thank you. I don't have to worry about it. You know what yes. I mean? Like get him off my board. I love it. So yeah, that, that's exactly where this goes is that I had a feeling he was lower than 25 for you it's just because he's lower than 25 or pretty much everybody. <laughs> So Galladay or Beckham? Though. Who? Who? who how, how? are we? We hate them both, but who are we choosing between the two? I'll take Beckham. I mean, I'll take gun Beckham. to my head. I'd probably go Beckham. Beckham. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I'm, I'm actually going to say Baker's better than Galladay. I think better chance of being the wide receiver one. I think again, that's me. My conviction that it's going to be Landry, but I mean Sterling Shepard could also be that. So yeah, I, 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 they're not that one. far different. But yeah, yeah. so I, I think I'm, well, and Nick Chubb and how much they run. So I, I think I'll go Galladay, but it's not much of a difference. I still the Giants are trash right now. Okay, so you'd clearly go Beckham then. I, I would probably go Beckham. Yeah, absolutely. Better, yeah, better Beckham. quarterback play. So, like, I can't blame me on that. Exactly. Yeah, That's why I'm going that, Beckham. Again, this to me, I think this is his final year where you could say like he has that upside still. And if it doesn't happen this year, it's done. You know, it just is what it is. You know, he doesn't have that early on rookie second year seasons we saw in Beckham. It's it, this is it. This is the final year. And the way I see it is that. He's there. I think he's still the wide receiver one. And you could argue that Landry is a, you know, the safer option per se, but he's still there. I think going to come back and be their wide receiver one on the team. And I, the way you look at the, the competition between pass catchers, just the pass catchers. I know the run games, both on San Fran and the Browns are very similar, very run heavy. If you look at the pass catchers, yes, Jarvis Landry is really good, but he's a, he's just a safe slot guy. I know I was in times in Miami. He at times he could be great, but Odell Beckham has that, I think, alpha dog wide receiver one upside that I think Landry's never shown us in his career. While Brandon Ayuk has flashed that, but is he their number one pass catcher? It could be. It could be possible. Absolutely. I mean, it, but, you know, you have George Kittle. Debo Samuels, if he comes back and actually plays healthy, maybe he's that guy still. We don't know. And that's, to me, that's why I'm still taking Odell because I feel like he has an easier path that early on than maybe Brandon Ayuk will. Brandon Beckham's no, probably never been cheaper. I can agree. Right? Like, I mean, this is no, probably the cheapest never he's ever been since, since his rookie no, season. So, his draft, draft, so. Yeah. I remember I got him on waivers uh, like week seven and he just led me to a championship. Greatest year ever. Nice. <laughs> but uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap things up here tonight, guys. That that was the wide receiver cheers. Uh, we got a lot of great discussions and a lot of great players we got to talk about tonight, which is, I always love to um so before we get going our guests have some things we're gonna let them say first robbie i'll let you go first my friend uh you know anything you want to say about you know the network or whatever you got to do over there let us know uh yeah everyone make sure that you download the sports me app if you have not already get on the sports me app um this weekend we are going to be having some giveaways with the uh, fantasy football expo and things of that nature so make sure that you guys Get up with us on the Sports Me app. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get up with us on rumboys.com and follow me on all social media. Uh, rumboys Robbie, Rumboys spelled as E-N-E-T. Just type in Rumboys. Y'all know where I be. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And Kyle, over to you, my friend. Give your shout out. All right, so I'm on Twitter at Senra Says. Uh, you can also follow my podcast, the Full Press Fantasy Pod at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. Uh, from the hat, you can see I'm part of the Going for Two team as well. I do uh, some writing. Uh, I guess a lot of my writing in season, especially, is DFS concentrated, right? Um, I guess uh, last week I 
you know, CFL kicked off. So I put out my first uh, CFL DFS article with going for two. I've been playing CFL DFS for a few years. So happy that that's back. Uh, I'm Canadian, right? So I just love watching CFL anyway. And give me a better chance to win at DFS, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, I help uh, share my knowledge there. So look for that weekly. And then in season, I'll also be dropping Yahoo DFS articles. So the, the CFL ones I do for DraftKings, but I also do NFL Yahoo because I feel like that's not something that's represented much in DFS content. A lot of it is DraftKings FanDuel geared so uh, i give out uh you know best yahoo prices so look for some content dfs content that I, I i don't think you can find very much of cfl content and yahoo dfs content so uh, i also do some uh shows with going for two live uh, currently uh i host uh, press coverage in the dynasty gambit i know i had andrew on for the most recent episode of press coverage so it was real great to get to know andrew talked a lot of incubus there that rocked um in dynasty gamble we just talked dynasty theory in season i hope i will be co-hosting the monday night pregame show we tend tend to talk a lot about uh the injuries through the week we've got the dr uh james freddie on to give his uh medical insight uh, as well but we also talk about usually props for those monday night games uh you know going for two as a um you know sponsorship with thrive so we usually use thrive for that so and that last, uh, check out the Going For Two gear at goingfortwo.com slash store or readingglobal.com. Reading Global is the one who make the, the shirts, the hats, the Scott Fishbowl gear. Again, again, showing that too. So, uh, uh, yeah, great uh, for all that support. And again, thanks, Steve, for uh, letting us on. Absolutely, Kyle. Absolutely. It's always, always a great time to have you on. And Andrew, my friend, finish us up here. Man, I don't have, I do a lot, but I don't have nearly as much as you, Kyle. That was a lot of stuff you're promoting. I love it. I love it. Get the hustle. Well, all right. So you can find, I, I always tell people the easiest place to find me is hit me up on Twitter at Andrew Hall FF. I have a lot of my articles and stuff. I always post that on there. Um, I always tell people, like I've said, all shows, like send me a DM, you know, tag me in a poll. If you want my opinion, I'm happy to give it to you. I'm not going to say I'm right every time. That's impossible. I'm also going to tell you I'm not wrong every time either. Right. So like we, we just give advice and what you do with it is yours. Uh, you're the one clicking submit in your lineup. Don't don't blame analysts or experts or advisors or whatever we're calling ourselves for any of the decisions that you make. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. But I am writing for Fantasy Pros at Fantasy Pros. You can find my work at PFN at PFN365 on Twitter. And then again, I'm also co-hosting the Dynasty Junkies podcast at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, if you're into Dynasty and just kind of long-form uh, fantasy play, definitely check us out on there. And we do a thing every week. We do find me a trade. And I always like to tell people about this is a little different, where you send your lineup, you send your team, you send your league, and we actually look for trades that we think would help your team based on your league. So, again, kind of hitting back to what we said before, the context matters. That's why I actually joined up with them is I love that idea. To be like, don't just give, uh, yes, it's too specific, right? Like that guy's league is not your league, but you get the thought process of where we're going with this. Like if you're running backs a week, let's say like, all right, you've got some extra receivers. We can make a trade. Um, this week we actually got Joe Pisapia on the podcast. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, he's going to comment on the trades that we can find and, I don't know, kind of see if we can help somebody. He's obviously, he does a lot in fantasy, so he's a busy man, but we're going to see if we can trap him down and see if we can help out. That'll be uh, Wednesday, I think at six o'clock seven o'clock i don't remember now it's kind of early in the day uh, kind of like this one uh, so it should be kind of nice but you'll be seeing it on twitter of course check us out but yeah i always just tell people at andrew hall ff and uh, always looking for a conversation always available awesome awesome so yeah. to all my friends here guys check them all out follow their stuff you know they all have been great today and as always guys uh go check out our website at www.fantasycoaches.com we got some uh, great content going out there on our writers right now a lot of fun stuff uh, we'll have another podcast, obviously, on Wednesday here, so tune in for that. And then, of course, on August 18th, we will be having our you know, charity bowl, Podathon. Uh, so we will be doing that there. The f- charity leagues will be starting, and we'll be doing a 
six hour, seven hour uh, potathon and just having a whole bunch of different guests on and doing some fantasy talk and talking about uh, talking about some of our animals maybe too. So uh, tune in for that then. And until then, guys, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. And if you want to follow me personally, ask me any questions, you can do it at Coach Stephen P. So until next time, guys, have a good one. The bag is not far-fetched We got a couple of clock hands I've been feeling super duper How the heck they know the future Come with me, don't be a loser Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers Clueless analysts don't do the half of this In fact, I'm backing this by asking If y'all remember that tough act Interacting, shh Like boom, running like zoom The highest and mightiest entered the room High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes All players cover this nuts as legumes Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track I listen up Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing it, go.